Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. So, today is a great day. Um, I just want to start by saying um, I found this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. It's called Peaceful Instrumental Music, Hidden Forest by Tim Janis. Um, I do not own the rights to this music, and it is absolutely wonderful. Um, look it up sometime. This uh, Tim Janis just has wonderful, beautiful music been listening to him all morning um hopefully it doesn't bother anybody um but i absolutely love it and it's very peaceful anyway um on a side note today i completed my first orientation uh for alcohol dependency rehab i am doing a intake program as you probably knew if you have been following my past podcasts and I shared I told you that I would share a little bit as much as I could um with my experience oh sorry needed coffee desperately okay um (laughs) so here's my experience so far I woke up this morning and I talked to somebody in my program, and I know for some people they have never been um, in a program before, and for those who have, they probably already know this, but different programs are different. You know, they have different rules, different things. Um, Because of COVID being so prominent right now, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, I am doing a virtual program and this is very interesting. This is very new for um, a lot of people that I share my experience with in regards to sobriety. And, uh, you know, it's different. But for me, it is something that I'm able to do so far. And, yeah, that's why I'm so excited to share my um, experience with you guys. Anyway. So, uh, the first thing that I did today with my orienta- orientation um, with rehab was... Um, we talked about the importance about confidentiality. A lot of people know about confidentiality because of their profession. When I went to college, I got a major um, in the human resources department. And a lot of those professions, such as social workers or... Um, psychologists or anybody specifically working with people and big groups of people are going to have to understand confidentiality. And you learn that in school, you know. When someone tells you a secret, you don't go about and tell the other persons, right? That's not right. That's not confidentiality. And so, of course, with um, rehab being virtual, The concept of confidentiality not only is more important, but it really is, you're putting trust in the people that are in your group and putting trust in, you know, the professionals or maybe the people that are just working um, in contact with your information. So that was very interesting, had a long segment about confidentiality and, you know, maintaining confidentiality, which... (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm pretty good at that kind of stuff already. Anyway, um, 
talked about boring stuff about your insurance. With this program, though, something that's interesting, um, I don't know if a lot of programs do this because this is my first program. This is my first time going to rehab. Um, but you work with a chemical dependence counselor and a mental health person. You talk to two people. Um, talk to them um, mainly about specific issues. I kind of think of them as the people that are like, you, do you ever think of the devil and the angel that is, like, perched on your shoulder? One person is for reason, right? The other person is for whatever, maybe persuasion of doing something fun. <laughs> Chemical and mental health people, they're not really like those, like, little, the de- demon and angel. But I kind of think of them kind of like, you know, two forces kind of perched up, like, evaluating you. <laughs> That doesn't sound very fun, but that's just how it kind of works out. You get to work with two people, um, and they just kind of work together to figure out what the hell is going on. Um, some potential risks that we really talked about um, in regards to therapy is um, and rehab in general. Obviously, when people think about risks, the... The medical risks are what I always came to. It always came to my brain first. Medical risks. Like, are you going to have a relapse? Are you going to have a heart attack and die? Are you, if you don't have your substance that, you know, you were partaking in, like, are you going to have a seizure? Like, that's a pretty important stuff to go over. Um, I'm very lucky that I don't have very high um, physical um, issues. So that's good. <laughs> that was something that I was I'm really thankful for. Um, but the risks are very high. And we took a, a whole hour um, during my orientation for rehab um, talking about those risks, talking about the risks of confidentiality, co- talking about the risks of health, talking about the physical, mental, hard processing of rehab a lot of the time it's going to be uncomfortable uh especially for me i know that emotions are really triggering a lot of situations where i don't want to feel specific emotions are going to be very triggering for me so i put those as risks and identifying those risks um for a lot of people i thought it was very reassuring to know that a lot of people have similar things that they use alcohol for. You know, I'm not saying everyone does, but I'm saying that, you know, similar things are most common for people. Like when you go out with your friends, it's okay to have a drink every once in a while. Um, But as an alcoholic, I actively choose not to because, you know, uh, you're doing it for me. I might be doing it for boredom. I might be doing it because I feel insecure. I might be doing it because I want to be more brave. I want to, you know, maybe I'm feeling lonely. It doesn't have to be a particular emotion, but it's an, a, a particular emotion to you. And boredom, I learned, was a huge trigger for everyone, boredom. And I understand that because if I'm not doing anything for three days and had to have to stay at home which I have had to do in, during COVID, during 
you know, quarantine when I wanted to go out traveling and, you know, exploring and, um, you know, do things that I had potentially been doing before. And I think it's going to be very interesting to um, identify some of those new risks. <sighs> so this one thing that I really like about this particular program um, that I have partaken in is that some programs are abstinent. Well, all programs are like, you know, substance-free. You have to be super 100% substance-free, which like, (laughs) I thought was very interesting because it makes sense. Because like, obviously, if you're being, you know, uh, sober of meth, you know, you you don't, if you smoke, cigarettes or if you drink like alcohol like that might you know correspond with other things that you're trying to be sober of so that that's interesting to me because you know say like drinking is legal but marijuana is not right you know and you it might be looked at like oh you should stop doing this substance because it's illegal but then you know your other me- your other whatever it's called um drug of choice is alcohol like that's not even really much better and i think that you know i'm not gonna judge anybody that like does that and fills their time with these kind of substances like i'm not saying that that's a bad thing to do and i'm just saying that everyone kind of has their fix and the whole sobriety thing like is i didn't realize that that means so much to a lot of people like sobriety can mean like oh you're free of alcohol but it also can mean you're free of alcohol also tobacco also marijuana also you know caffeine so like for me that would be crazy like getting rid of all those things and that's why i like this program because um it's substance free so obviously they don't want you taking drugs or substances legal or illegal um but relapse is not something that is going to be penalized because I know that some programs like once you relapse and they you know check on you and take a test and you fail you're out your insurance it's done um but this particular program it's like they're thinking through the process of relapse, which I feel like is very important for me when picking a program, just because I'm like, that's the scariest part of relapsing. Like, that's the point of, like, trying to go into treatment so you don't relapse. And I feel like, as a person that has had relapses before, it's so frustrating to have yourself being triggered, 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 and then... To have people be like, oh, but don't drink, though, don't drink, don't do this, don't do that, blah, 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 you can't do that, because, you know, then you'll relapse. And it's like, this is not what the issue is here. (laughs) I know that the relapse is coming. I can feel it when it's coming. Like, I want to do it. Like, I know. It's not that, it's not like this mysterious thing. Like, when people are like, oh, you know, like, you relapsed. Like, why did you do that? Like, why don't you stay away? Stay away from the trigger. Well, sometimes you don't know. (laughs) You know, and that's just that I thought that was very important for me in regards to picking out a program that best worked for you because that's the scariest part. Is like, and no one wants 
to be in that situation where they have to hide everything. You know, like, I I can talk from experience. The reason why it took me this long to get into rehab is because I was so ashamed of relapsing and getting to the point of relapse that I literally would hide it from everyone else until it came to the point where you could not hide it anymore. Like you were missing work, you were missing priorities. I was missing things because I didn't want people to see me struggling. I didn't want people to see me running into a relapse or being at the aftermath of a relapse. It was embarrassing. And I'm not at that point in my life where I'm going to hide that from a professional. I Like, this is one of the reasons why I've chose to go into rehab. Is to fix this particular thing that has happened in my life. This relapse of not being able to be 100% sober. And that was very important to me. In a program that would get me to that point. Without feeling utterly ashamed to the point where everyone else... in my life has made me and I don't want to say that in a mean way I'm not saying that purposefully either because there's a lot of people that don't really understand that you know when you're an alcoholic when you have an issue that it's not something that you necessarily want to be it's not necessarily something that you choose to be it's something that was accessible and unfortunately your body kind of obtained that element of cope (laughs) you know what I mean and so not gonna talk too much about that because I can talk about that all day you know me I either move from one topic to the next or I'm fixated on one so we're gonna move on (laughs) but anyway so yes that is something that I am looking forward to in my next (sighs) my next journey through um, sobriety. It's just getting through that relapse and just figuring it out. You know, I, I feel like that's my main goal. And um, after my orienta- orientation today, they just wrapped it all up and was like, you have to write your goals, you have to see where you want to be, and it's okay to not have the goals that other people see you as. You know, if someone sees that you should be like this, but you don't want to be like that or you're not ready, it's not going to happen. I know that from experience. <laughs> I know that. People can tell you the same thing every day. They'll be like, don't do that. Don't do this. You should do this. If you really don't want to do something, you're not going to do it. I've realized that. And I realized that about myself. Because there's always that point of like, you know, success or like another like stepping stone in your life where it just starts to feel uncomfortable. And I've realized that. Like, I don't like feeling uncomfortable in a lot of situations. I like to feel control. I like to feel like I'm on top of things and, like, productive. And this whole situation with my sobriety has made me realize how vulnerable of a person I am. And as a being, my my body is not invincible. And some, I love feeling invincible. I love feeling like I'm on top of the world and I'm so you know, capable. And there's ways of feeling that capability without taking a substance. Um, it's just new. <laughs> new and exciting. Maybe not all so exciting, but yeah. I 
I know it's going to be a hard journey, but I think that, you know, anybody else that is going through um, rehab with me during the pandemic or anything else in their life, maybe your life is doing great. And that's awesome. Like, I really hope, like, I know that there's those lucky motherfuckers out there. <laughs> that, you know, you, you just have it made, you know, like you have a job, you have these things that are like stable, you have loved ones, and that's amazing. I think that if you do, it's okay to be really thankful and really happy about those things. Because I really wish that upon everyone, you know? I really hope that success and thriving and being happy really does happen to everyone. But it's also good to remember that everyone is at different spots in their life. And it's so easy to say that. It really is. But for the most part... I know I forget. Sometimes I forget about that. Sometimes I'm like, man, when I look at my life and I'm like, man, look at how tough. Look at how, ugh. Like, I wish I was doing this. I wish I was doing that. I wish I was blah, blah. But really, it's not, it's not really that important what you're doing. It's just, it just depends on the quality of what, how you're doing something. Like, are you, you know, taking 100 to, percent of the time 100 percent of your being to just be a good person to be a smart person to be a strong person to be anything to be a successful person and i know for some people it's not maybe the most that they can boast about but for me being sober i've been sober for 26 days now it shouldn't really be longer but i quit criticizing myself <laughs> If you do that, oh, you know, let me tell you, I I had that that app, right? You know those apps that like count the days. Um, I started my sobriety journey when I was twenty five, and so I started with those little like um apps that you track the days, how many days you've been sober, right? And I w- I would just see like if I could do it, you know, because at twenty five you're like, eh, I don't really want to stop, but I, you know, I know it's not good for my health anyway. So I I would go out to the bar and be like, oh, I'm just one drink, whatever, have a few drinks, have a few mimosas with your friends, blah blah, blah. and then I would like look at the app and be like, oh, I was only sober for three days. Psh, damn, that's okay. I could start over. <laughs> so you start over your app, and you're like, okay, day zero. It's okay. Today will be the day. <laughs> oh, man. It's a nice day. It's so nice and sunny. The beach is shining, and the water is just so inviting. And all you want to do is just sit on the beach with your margarita and enjoy your goddamn life. <laughs> uh, and, of course, you're like, oh, shit. Well, maybe just one. I don't know. I feel like as a young person, like, I remember my days would just be like, five days. Oop, restart. Uh, Six days. uh, Restart. 24 hours. You're like, fuck, okay. Maybe next time. But uh, no, I think once I'm getting older, I think the desire to engage in that kind of activity is just a lot less. (laughs) Thank God. I don't know who... uh, inherited that uh, who, who inherited me that maybe my mom my dad I don't know but whoever gave me that kind of self-control thank you because it was about time <laughs> it's about time now
Okay, guys. I hope everyone's having a great morning. I got a um, quick grab some things, run some errands, oh, do another meeting. Gotta go to work later too. It's gonna be a busy day. But um, I hope that everyone is doing great. Um, I will continue to share with you my journey. And I will definitely try to make the next podcast more happy, more like uplifting. I want to make sure that like people are just feeling motivated and that, you know, we can stick together on this. Sobriety is a tough journey, but life in itself is a tough journey and we're doing really great so far, guys. (laughs) We've made it this far, so I hope everyone has a great, great travel and safest safest of travels thank you